Well, good morning, church. We are so grateful you are joining with us this morning. Man, we got an incredible service planned uh, with four of our strategic partners across the city. And we're starting uh, with two incredible godly men up here today. And we're continuing God-sized vision 3.0, ordinary people, extraordinary purpose. And Monty, Sean, thank you guys so much for joining us. Monty Bush uh, is the president of Victory Project. Many of you are familiar with VP and what Victory Project does is they work with disengaged youth uh, throughout Dayton and really put them through a a program offering uh, tutoring and offering life skills and offering um, development. And then what is so incredible, Monty, is if they reach a certain criteria, good grades, not missing school, uh, good behavior at home, they get the opportunity to work on the weekends. Uh, VP has a couple different micro businesses uh, and it is incredible uh, seeing a 12-year-old or a 14-year-old mowing a big company's grass and and just beginning uh, to teach them skills at such a young age. And then we have Sean Trapp, the program director of Good Shepherd Ministry. And Good Shepherd Ministry is a recovery ministry on the east side of Dayton. And they have six houses uh, and about 29 different guys going through the program right now. Uh, And what I love about Good Shepherd is they are committed to the community. They are committed to community service. And as they're walking through life with these guys, it is so incredible to see uh, how oftentimes people come to the program not knowing about Jesus and after they are leaving, uh, encountering him and beginning to follow him. They also have micro businesses and and they'll share a little bit more, but uh, Monty, Sean, thank you guys so much for being here. Would love, yeah, let's give them a CLC welcome. So Monty, I want to start out because your story is a powerful story and your story is part of the reason why you are doing what you're doing right now. So share a little bit of your testimony and then more about the Victory Project. Thank you, Patrick. And good morning, CLC family. Really pleasure to be back with you as it is like family. A lot of you are involved in VP, which we are greatly appreciative. I want to thank Pastor Stan and Joyce for all their support over the years. So thank you. So you're right, Patrick. Uh, Victory Project story is, is an extension of my own testimony. Uh, I was born and raised in the Dayton area. And my family history is all Appalachian. We all, they all came up in the 50s and 60s. And what they instilled in me was faith, family, and hard work. That was kind of our, kind of our family tree. And growing up, you think that's how everybody's raised. That's just your immediate world. And when I became a police officer, what I was surprised were how many people, especially single moms and grandparents, were raising teenage boys that they were in such a desperate situation that they had to call the police to be a surrogate parent. And I remember today, the first time I was called to a home where a lady asked me to uh, spank her child. He was 15. And I just projected my mom in that situation and my heart would, would, break, would break for that family. And I thought, the system is not designed to raise children. And this woman's situation is so desperate, she has to turn to the police. And, you know, I'd have about 15 minutes to figure out something that took 15 years to get to. And I knew without God in, involved in this, this process, it's not going to work. And these young men would go from behavior issues to criminal activity. And so over the years, God continued to press upon my heart that we needed to create an, an alternative to the street for youth and an alternative to the system for the families. So through that process and years of God working on me, he, uh, he called to Victory Project, and uh, we've been doing that now for 14 years. Amazing. 
Monty, can you just touch on what uh, you guys are fighting the three pillars of poverty? Touch on that and then uh, through your 3E curriculum. Yeah, so there's studies have shown and our experience has, has, has proven this true that there's three common traits that perpetuate generational poverty. That is dropping out of high school, getting a criminal history, having a baby prior to marriage. When those things are in place, you're very likely to have children in poverty and perpetuate that from generation to generation. Our curriculum is based on the three E's, education, entrepreneurship, and enlightenment. Education, we have tutoring, help them with secondary education, get them to graduate high school. The entrepreneurship piece is what Patrick was referring to. We have our own small business, which employs the students, but they have to earn the opportunity to go to work each week, which is building work ethic development. And then the enlightenment piece is we, we have Bible study, we have worship, we have uh, character development, things you should have learned from a father figure, change, how to change a tire, how to tie a tie, how to treat a lady on a date, uh, having dinner each evening. And one of our grandparents said, you know it takes a village to raise a child. And of course I'd heard that. She said, there is no village anymore. She said, you're the village. And we believe God's people are that village uh, still today in church and in our home. So that's kind of victory project. Thanks, Bonnie. Sean, would love to hear a little bit about your story and how your story has set you up for your current position um, running Good Shepherd, and then just share a little bit more about Good Shepherd. Yeah, my name is Sean Trapp, and I am a recovering alcohol addict. Eight years um, in uh, July 15th. So. But uh, yeah, so um, eight years ago, uh, I went through uh, probably the toughest thing in my life. I was um, in the depths of uh, rock bottom and uh, didn't know what exactly I was getting ready to go through and um, I was really far from God. I blamed everything that happened to me on God. Um, not realizing that, you know, God was preparing me for the trials and tri tribulations, making me stronger to get through that and to be where I am at today. And where I'm at today, we run uh, six recovery houses on the east side of Dayton, a thrift store, um, which all our uh, recovering brothers run the thrift store. And, um, you know, we're at a 68% success rate. Um, yeah. And that goes back seven years. We track that on a monthly basis through our clients coming back to the program keeping in touch with them. And, uh, you know, I'm truly blessed today to be where I'm at. And, uh, you know, I lost the house. I lost everything pretty much. And, and I realized that material things, that's all they are. You know, today I get to watch guys come in our program and they have nothing but the bag on their back from treatment. And then they leave with everything. The foundation spiritually fit, foundation in recovery, and vehicles and good jobs and you know a lot of that's just connections through CLC Church and you guys loving us and actually I just want to recognize this we actually attend CLC every Sunday so you guys can can you please stand up real quick and and, and real quick those are miracles. Those are God's miracles right there. 
And uh, like I said, I'm just truly blessed to be here. I, this is not my favorite thing to do, but I do it. You got to show up. So, And you're doing an amazing job, Sean. And I don't want to skip over one thing that Sean said. He said they have a 68% success rate, uh, which to some of us might seem like that's a, that's a D. Why is that, is that good? It's almost triple the average of most recovery ministries. So that is amazing what God is doing uh, through a good shepherd. So thank you, Sean, so, so much. Sean, talk a little bit about how CLC and the God Size Vision has impacted Good Shepherd. You guys, CLC Church, they have impacted us so much. It's, I've never seen a church get down in the inner city, the grassroots. You hear about it a lot, but they are all about it. And without your guys' support, CLC support, we couldn't do what we do. I mean, they, they've invested in our micro businesses, um, which guys can make money, um, vehicles. Uh, we got the two uh, CLC houses down on Third Street. You, you guys purchased for us and then gave us money to fix up. And um, not only that, you know, you guys have adopted us through your CR program, uh, Celebrate Recovery every Monday we're here. Every Sunday, these guys love coming up here to church. And like I said, there's a stigma with recovery and people in recovery, and you guys are blowing that out of the water. So we really just want to thank you. And there's nothing like, you know, serving, uh, coming down on a Saturday on the east side of Dayton and working together. And you guys can hear these guys' stories. And it's just a beautiful thing. And, and you know, it's, it's just God, you know, he, he's just working in every way he can and we are truly blessed to be here and be a part of you guys and thank you for everything you guys do for us thank you thanks sean and then monty gonna ask you the same thing how has clc and the god size vision helped to impact victory project well it's it's uh it's hard to quantify in such a short period of time but really for the past 14 years we've seen clc show up with people and resources in a consistent way. Like Sean was saying, you hear a lot of people saying they, wanted, they want to get involved, they want to help, but it's almost in, in Matthew 21, many are called, but few are chosen. And there's just quite a few folks that they have good intentions, but they just don't deliver. CLC delivers consistently over and over again. It starts at the top and it comes all the way down through all of you folks here. So most recently blessing was the purchase of our second campus in West Dayton. So because of your support, we're gonna be able to pretty much double our capacity for students because we always have a waiting list. There's kids wanting an alternative to the street. And with CLC and the God Size Vision, you guys are gonna provide that for our students. So later this year, we'll be opening the second campus because of CLC. Amazing. And that's really a testimony to you guys through your faithfulness and giving and your generosity. So thank you for being a part of that. Monty, as we are gearing up for our God Size Vision 3.0 for the next five to seven years where we believe God is leading us, share a little bit about the next season of VP. Where do you believe God is leading Victory Project? Well, we see for sure the need increasing for our programming. Uh, you may know that Dayton, the city of Dayton is the fifth most violent city per capita in the country. Um, 
and that is just a cry for, it's a cry in the wilderness for Christ to show up. So um, our guiding verse is Matthew 5, 14. You're here to be a light. So it's the city on a hill. We want to be a city in the hill in East Dayton and West Dayton and wherever God calls us. So we see us opening other campuses throughout the community. And we've been in early discussions with other cities and other states that look, are looking for a victory project. So we're positioning ourselves to be able to offer that to other city where God wants to open other VPs. So that's in our, in our near future. And our country could use VPs all across. Amen. Amen. Sean, same thing. Next five to seven years, where do you believe God is, is leading Good Shepherd Ministries? Um, I think God is leading us like one of our um, visions is to create a recovery community, recovery block. So um, we're in the process of it now. The last three houses that we purchased that we call those the recovery apartments. So that's kind of the next step. Once they complete our program, which we don't have any limits on how long that takes, they can take as long as they want. The next step is like life's going to hit them. So what we envision is, you know, over on Linden Avenue, we, we've already owned three uh, houses. We, we would love to purchase four or five more houses. And then eventually we can uh, fix up some abandoned houses like we've already done, invest in the city, and then be able to um, sell the houses to the guys that are in the program that have recovery for like two or three years. So it's, it, it, I think it would just be beautiful because the guys coming in, they'll see these guys, oh, they own their own house. They did, went through the process. And uh, so ultimately we wanna build on that. And it's, we've built on that year after year. And then especially with the help with CLC, um, it's kind of brought that to us. And then um, also just pray for us to continue to save lives. This is a deadly epidemic. Um, and, and it's starting to rear itself back up. And um, we've done a lot of work in Dayton, working with a lot of uh, other nonprofits, Monty, New Hope Church. And, you know, basically we're here just to save lives and help these guys get their lives back together and work together. Because when you work together, you know, you can move mountains. So um, just c continue to pray for us. And, um, you know, we've been able to put a park in um, two abandoned houses that were uh, heavy drug use and through CLC and a lot of other great organizations, uh, we were able to put a safe place for the kids to play. So it's just a lot of it's investing in the community and, and we really love that. Amen. And Imani, how can more people get involved with VP and then how can we specifically as a church be praying? Well, we'd very, we'd love to talk to you more about this in person at our table after service. So please stop by if you have time. If not, you can go to our website, victoryproject.org and learn about ways to get involved with us. Um, how you could be praying is we are extending our, our programming and we need, we need leaders. We need folks, not just volunteers. We need staff. We need people who are ready to go to that next level and, and commit uh, as because we need the right people to, to grow the program. So be praying about that for our staff and future staff. Uh, so those, those are great, important ways. And just thank you. Yes, yeah, so I want to encourage you, stop by the tables in the lobby, meet Monty, meet Sean, encourage them. The Holy Spirit's beginning to kind of stir in your heart, see how you might be able to get more involved. But can we give them one more time a round of applause? Monty, Sean, thank you guys for being here.
Well, I want to introduce our next speaker, uh, an incredible, incredible godly man. Pastor Jimmy Mann is the pastor of All Nations Bible Fellowship, and they are on King's Highway. And All Nations is not defined just by their building. They believe that they are the church. And Jimmy has a heart for reaching women and men that are coming out of prison, that are coming out of jail. He trains them, helps them get jobs. He transports them to their jobs and, and really teaches them life skills to begin to flourish uh, through their programs. Uh, Jimmy is one of the most disciplined men that I have ever met. And he knows scripture and can quote scripture uh, like nobody I've ever met. So CLC, can we give Pastor Jimmy Mann a warm CLC welcome? Thank you, Patrick. Amen. Yeah, I love Patrick. He's, he's about to get married. Say amen. amen. And he's going to marry a woman. I was just wondering if you guys were here. <laughs> um, you can put the slides up there. I'll, I'll do an intro to our ministry. Um, this is the church. Uh, this is All Nation Bible Fellowship here at uh, the right corner here. And so up top is our community garden. It's called Project Hope Community Garden. So I'm a vegan. You know, Methuselah was a vegan. You know that, right? So anyway, we have a community garden where we bring people over and we teach them, you know, how to avoid, you know, high blood pressure and diabetes, that kind of stuff, you know, live food for a live body. <clears throat> and then um, the White House is where a transitional house for men coming out of juvenile or coming out of prison and also like um, drug rehab. And so we got, we call it the White House. And so when people say, where, where you go, it's at the White House. They're the White House because they left the crack house. <laughs> is this microphone still on? Yeah. And so then this is our family life center where we have a food pantry, clothing pantry, workout room, and then the pantry's there. And then the garage over there, we actually teach men how to change a flat tire. And, um, you know, because sometimes Google don't work for Alexis, so you, you need to learn how to change a flat tire. <clears throat> the Bible is so clear when it talks about conversion that I'm going to talk to you just a few minutes about what we do in all those buildings. Because the buildings are not, we're the church. Let me go over here. Maybe you guys will leave it more over here. Um, I said, we're the church. You know, this is the West side, right? I know some of you are challenged, you know, directionally, but this is the West side. In the West side, where they say West of the river, one of the things in Acts chapter one, verse eight, when Jesus said, you're going to receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be a martyr. When you pay attention to that verse, you'll understand why when you stand and tell people the truth, why they're about to want to punch you in your face. When you understand that when we say that a man absolutely needs to be a man, remember James Brown? What did he say? 
You don't know, let me tell you. So, James Brown said, this is a man's world. Like I'm talking to a bunch of white people or something, but it's like, <laughs> let me come back over here where the blacks are. Um, James Brown said, this is a man's world, but it wouldn't be nothing without a woman or a girl. You remember that? Yeah, you're white, right? So, this white woman even know what I'm talking about, right? Two snaps up for her, right? It's okay to smile. The Bible says, um, laughter is better than medicine. Amen? So now, 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 stay with me here. The church is the only hope for the world. I'm going to tell you this. There was a bill signed in, actually it was signed in Canada, which basically made it a crime to offer a transgender person or a homosexual person any kind of conversion therapy. It is a crime. Now listen, it's a crime and, and it's punishable by five years in prison to attempt to convert a transgender person or a homosexual. Now write this in your notes. The business of conversion is the reason the church is in the world, period. Let me go on the west side. The, the only reason the church is in the world is for conversion. Period. You can clap. Now, conversion is any man is in Christ. He's become a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. If you're taking notes in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul is writing and he's writing to a church that's absolutely just absolutely just blown off the hook. But he's talking to a church that's been converted. So you had homosexuals in there. You had men that was adulterous in there. You had all these seeds. And what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 11, he says, and such were some of you. You people up in the nosebleed section, you hear me? And such were some of you. But then he, he said, you can't stay there. 40, 45 years ago, when the Lord saved me, uh, he cleaned me up from crack cocaine and heroin and all the other drugs. So I've been clean for like 45 years. Now listen to why. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, he shall give you dynamite after the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be a witness. So it's the power of the Holy Spirit that keeps us. Because, listen, when Jesus comes back for the church, he's not coming back for these pews. He's coming back for you, if you're in the church. The generation that you guys are dealing with right now is really perverted. Whenever the President of the United States stand up and endorse a man that says he's a woman, your President of the United States is perverted. And he's also a reprobate. I know you don't believe I just said that. I'm going to say it again. Um, whenever your Supreme Court judge says that she can't answer the definition of what a woman is, you're in trouble. You agree with that? Say amen then. Okay, I'm almost finished. I got about four minutes left. But in those four minutes, I'm going to bring you home to, I want to praise God for Pastor Stan and his precious wife, Joyce. I want to praise God for them. I do. 
And for you, CLC, for being a part of what we do, couldn't do it without you. We thank you for the, the encouragement, etc. But you know what? It's going to take us, all of us, to do this. Now, let me break it all the way down. For example, let's say you guys just got married. Okay. Your children are in trouble. The Bible says that there's a generation that won't know God. We're now working with generations of children. They don't know God. They don't know him. You know why? Because uh, their parents don't know God. Now, one of the things I'm going to say this to you, uh, and I hope it lands. How many of you know that we have to have the same message? Oh, there's a lot of churches. But what are you preaching? I'm on the west side. Let's see. <laughs> it has to be the same message. So when you read Acts chapter 1, when, when here Luke is saying that you have, you're going to have power, but you need to be preaching the same message. Because if you're not preaching the same message, we're not in the same church. And if we're not, in, we're not in agreement, then, you know, we're not in agreement. But how many know when you're not in agreement with people have, I become your enemy because I tell you the truth. So then Paul said, who has bewitched you? How many know people are bewitched? You're bewitched if I stand up here and say that I'm a woman. And if some of you say, man, I'm going to throw this microphone at you. <laughs> Can you guys hear me over here? So don't go to sleep yet because I only got, I don't have a lot of time. Do you not know that you're bewitched when you believe that? Paul said, who has bewitched you that you do no longer believe this? Who's bewitched you? Paul said, I'm, I'm, I'm appalled that you don't, that you have left this gospel for another gospel, which is not the gospel. Oprah Winfrey does not have a gospel. Say Amen. It's Obadiah, not Oprah. Come on, say man. Now you stop trying to stoke me up over there. No, tell it. No, no, my time is over. <laughs> I'm going to be obedient. But I'm going to leave you with this. Um, we have a table out there and you guys, this is what I want you guys to do. Hear that? That means my time's over. Um... This is what I would like you to do. Um, our table's out there, and I, I told the first group that I want to absolutely, we're on Kings Highway. We have 3819 Kings Highway. And I would like for like a thousand white people come over there. You coming? All right. Now let me say, a thousand white people would cause a person to put a crack pipe down. A thousand white people would cause a person to think about hitting that joint. It's like, what are these white people doing over here on the west side? Not just one time. I'm talking about just keep coming, right? It's like, what is going on over there? That white people are coming over here? It's like, dang, right? You've now called them to put the joint down. And then they're going to walk across the street, but we're going to go get them. Are you guys with me? Because Acts 1 and 8 says he's given us power. Not power just to be in here. Because some of you speak in another language. No, we're going to use English. At All Nations Bible Fellowship, if you start speaking outside of your, in another language, this is what I normally do. I said, you need to stop that. <laughs> it's okay to clap. I'm in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I know what I'm talking about. So... But anyway, brothers, I saw y'all stand up over there. 
We need men to stand up. Come on, ladies, clap your hands. Come on, you women, clap your hands. Men need to stand up and be men. Men need to open doors for women so women can get in and sit down. <laughs> so Jane Brown would die in this culture, right? This is a man's world, but it'll be nothing without a woman or a girl. Because when the President of the United States is interviewing a man that says he's a girl, we're in trouble. And church, listen, you guys in the nosebleed section, please listen. It's time for the church to be the church. Can you guys hear me up there? It's time for you to come out of your little comfortable bubble and get involved. You know, like Daniel, he didn't compromise. But no compromise. You can't compromise. And when people walk away from you, not a problem. Because we're the church. We're the pillar and the ground of truth. And you know what else? We're the only answer. Everybody else is wrong. You see him standing over there? You know what that means? <laughs> My time is over. Come on, give, give God praise for our brother coming there. Amen. Thanks. Thank you, well, when we were planning this service, the thing that I was scared the most about was how was I going to get Jimmy off the stage? Jimmy, thank you so much for being here. And, and we are ending our service with just an incredible man. Uh, pastor Jeff Cartwright is the pastor of New Hope Church on Xenia Avenue in the Twin Towers neighborhood. Jeff has a heart for the city, has a heart for the community, has a heart for the church. And I tell a story. We were at an event off of Xenia Avenue one, uh, one afternoon, and, and there was probably about 250 people there. And I got to spend a lot of time with Jeff and uh, about 230 of the people that walked past Jeff stopped and talked to Jeff because Jeff has given his time, his love, his heart to that community. It speaks to who you are and it speaks to how God is using you to reach the people of Twin Towers neighborhood. So CLC, can we give Pastor Jeff Cartwright a warm CLC welcome? Pastor man is killing me, church. How do you follow that, right? Here's how you follow it. God has a special place in his heart for the city. You know that? He loves the city. His heart of mercy and compassion and kindness is drawn especially to those whom Jesus described as the least of these. The poor, the imprisoned, the disenfranchised, the children in particular, the orphans, the widows, the hungry, and the thirsty. That demographic looks a little bit different today than it did 2,000 years ago, but what I just described to you is a picture of the city, and the city displays God's image and God's glory in a special way, right? It's the heart of creativeness. 
It's the heart of commerce. It's the heart of culture. It shapes all of those things for good or for bad. God loves the city. You can talk to me too. It's okay. God loves the city. And in particular, God loves the city of Dayton. Amen? He loves the city of Dayton so much that he gave his son Jesus to die on the cross for it. But church, then he didn't stop, right? He turned a small band of Jesus followers into an army equipped to go into the city and to reach it for him. And how many of you know that you are part of that small band? Not such a small band anymore, amen? My name is Jeff Cartwright, and I am the pastor of a little outpost of God's army in the heart of East Dayton called New Hope Church. And we, the church, not just at New Hope and not just at CLC, but all over the city and all over the world, how many of you know that we are at war? We are at war. God's church is in a battle against the powers and the principalities of this dark world. And when you're at war, you have to establish strongholds in the vulnerable places. That's what an outpost is. It's a stronghold. It's a security detachment that has been sent out by a body in order to protect it from any enemy surprise. And so New Hope Church is an outpost that was birthed about uh, 2008 with a passion to reach a community that was ravaged with poverty, that was ravaged with domestic violence, that was ravaged with addiction. We were called out to share the reckless love of God with the people. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to do. Reaching the most vulnerable people in a vulnerable place with his extravagant and fierce love, and we're doing it in some kind of crazy ways. If you've never been to New Hope Church, let me just try and paint a picture for you. I want you to imagine for a minute a place with an old bar where more than 300 people every single week are gathering to find hope and recovery from drugs and alcohol. An old bar, right? I promise to you, when you walk in the door and you see this place, it will light you up. It's exciting. I want you to imagine a place with an old theater that's waiting to be a theater again. A place that's going to house worship services and comedy nights and family movies and concerts. The center of community life in a struggling neighborhood. I want you to imagine a place with vibrant worship taking place that honors God and celebrates all that he's doing in the lives of people on Xenia Avenue and prepares his people to go out and to live brand new and empowered lives in and through him. I want you to imagine a place that makes available the best commercial space on Xenia Avenue for the purpose of supporting the work of ministry and attracting businesses that are going to bring a lift to a depressed neighborhood and employ first-time and second-chance employees from that neighborhood. I want you to imagine a place that in partnership with friends like Good Shepherd Ministries and Twin Towers Neighborhood Association and East End Community Services and Christian Life Center is hosting community events like Trunk or Treat or Speaker Jam or sober New Year's Eve parties that are attended by more than a thousand people between them last year. And I want you to imagine a place that baptized 25 people into new life in Christ last year alone. This is New Hope Church. And God has begun a work at this outpost. Transforming lives, reuniting families, building bridges, connecting lost people to the power and the love of Jesus Christ. 
And he, here's what I want you to know. He isn't finished. God intends to finish the work that he started and he longs that not one single person on Xenia Avenue would perish. He longs that every single one of them would be drawn to him and despite the efforts of the enemy, and let me tell you, they are there. Despite his efforts to destroy these people and this community, God is changing hearts and restoring lives one life at a time through Jesus Christ. Man. Now, one of the reasons I'm here today is I want to say thank you to you for all that you are already doing. If it wasn't for your encouragement, if it wasn't for your friendship, if it wasn't for your generosity, none of what's happening on Xenia Avenue could be possible. For example, it wouldn't be possible to reach people like my friend Charmaine. Charmaine walked in the door of New Hope Church 13 years ago, high, broken, looking for food and clothes, no idea what she was going to do with her life. She found new life, church. She walked in the door of New Hope Church and she found new life. And now you cannot walk into the door of New Hope Church on Sunday night without getting a hug from Charmaine Jones. <laughs> She's involved in our prison ministry. She's involved in pastoral care. She's discipling women in the apartment complex where she lives. And she just celebrated 12 years of clean and sober. Without friends like you, it wouldn't be possible to reach people like my friend Jackie. Jackie came to New Hope Church about eight years ago for an overcomers Christian 12-step meeting and she was super reluctant. She would sit in the back of the room and she would hump and she would grump and she would, man, she just didn't want to be there and you could, it was clear. She was just there to get a paper signed because the court told her she had to be. Eight years ago, that's who Jackie was, but today, Jackie is growing in Jesus Christ. She's leading a small group and she's reunited with her kids after years of addiction. Without friends like you, it wouldn't be possible to reach people like my friend Kevin. Kevin actually came to New Hope Church a couple of years ago to meet a girl. I'm just saying, right? He came to meet a girl. Kevin had been in biker gangs and in prison and knee-deep in drugs and alcohol, and he was invited by a friend of his who, was, who he knew from AA to come and check it out. And the very first time he walked in the door, God spoke to Kevin touched Kevin's heart and began to transform him and change him. Kevin is now helping to lead the recovery ministry at New Hope Church, and he's discovering the abundant life that God intended for him to have all along. Isn't that awesome? These are just a few of the people who God is transforming through the ministry of New Hope Church and the generosity of people like you. But church, we are far from finished, and we need your help now more than ever. I've heard Pastor Stan say countless times something like this. He said, CLC has been placed at the edge of its city, but it's responsible for the city. You heard that before? Yeah. And here's what I know from experience. Your God-sized vision centers around the idea of coming alongside and partnering with churches and faith-based organizations who love the city like God loves the city. And in order for you to live that out, you have to learn to love the city too. And so here's my question to you this morning. Do you love the city of Dayton like God loves the city of Dayton? If you do, I wanna encourage you to do three things this morning. First of all, I wanna encourage you to pray. Pastor Josh, as he, was, as he was leading us into the song, Same God, which is my favorite worship song, 
as he was leading us into that song, he says, there is power when we pray. Amen? How many of you have experienced the power of prayer in your life? Look around. There's power when we pray. Guys, there are incredible things happening in the city, both good and bad. And we need prayer to sustain the good and to break the strongholds. Amen? And so we need you praying. We need you praying for God's direction. We need you praying for God's guidance. We need you praying for God's ministry. And we need you praying for your own heart that God would stir in you the passion and the desire to do what you need to do. Second of all, I want you to, I want to challenge you that when you walk out these doors today, I want you to walk out and I want you to check out these tables. See what God is doing in these ministries. Come and commit to visit these places. All Nations and New Hope and Good Shepherd and, and Victory Project. Come and see what God is doing through these partners of yours. We need some regular reinforcements. Finally, keep giving to the God-sized vision fund. God is doing a mighty work through this church. You are changing this city, literally. Keep giving. The church is at war. The communities that we serve are under attack and the outposts where the most vulnerable people are, are fighting hard and we need you. Do you love the city like God loves the city? Come and help us. Will you pray with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for Dayton. We thank you for allowing us to live here and to worship here and to serve here. We thank you that by placing us here, you have assigned us to steward the city of Dayton. And so we come to you and we seek you for clarity. We seek you for wisdom. We look to you for vision. We want what you want for the city of Dayton. We want to love the people of Dayton as you love them. And we ask you to forgive us when we haven't. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us this weekend. Give us your heart. Help us to desire greater things for the people of Dayton. Show us what you want and guide us to where you can use us for your glory and honor. Help us to put our time and our energy and our resources where our hearts are. Help us to get uncomfortable. Help us to intercede. Help us to invest deeply in the lives of the people that you love in this city. We are yours. Have your way. Do what only you can do. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And as we were praying for this service, my prayer was that you would leave today saying, man, I'm so thankful I'm part of that church. But more than just that, that you will feel called to step out and to get more involved in our city. Pastor Stan says that he believes God has placed us on the edge of the city, but he still holds us responsible for our city. Church, we believe that God has called us to have compassion on our city and to help bring about change. Our mission statement here at CLC is to know God, be his people, value others, and to change our world. And church, Changing our world starts with first changing our city and changing our neighborhood. Our hope is that we are a people 
that live a life of servanthood. I'm reminded of what scripture says that Jesus came to this world not to be served, but to serve, to give his life up. And if we're called to model our lives after Christ Jesus, we are called to serve. We were created to serve. Through the God-sized vision, we ask when it comes to Samaria, our inner city, our cross-cultural, that everybody that calls CLC their home church to do three things. First, everybody prays. Pray for our city. Pray for our leadership. Pray for our churches. Pray for our organization. Pray for our schools. Pray. Let us be people of prayer because just as Josh and Jeff says, prayer changes everything. Second, everybody gives. When you give to Christian Life Center, 25% of your giving of your tithes goes to the God-sized vision, which allows for us to make a difference here in Dayton, Ohio, launch churches across the United States and come alongside organizations and missionaries around the world. Continue to give not only of your money, but give of your time. And third, this is the challenge that everybody goes, everybody goes. Listen, some of you might live as close as three to four miles from where Pastor Jeff is or three to four miles from Jimmy. We wanna be a church that serves, that steps out in faith to obedience to what God is calling us to do. So we wanna give you some practical ways today to get more involved, to serve. The first is our Love Dayton, which is happening on June 10th, where we are working with about 25 different organizations and churches across the greater Dayton area. And it's a beautiful thing when people come together because we don't do the projects for the church or the organization. We do the project with them. There's something about serving together that builds relationships, that breaks down stereotypes, that breaks down strongholds. We're gonna start at 8 a.m. here with a prayer and worship rally, and we're gonna send out the troops to their sites to be serving for three hours, whether beautification type projects or cleanups. You can sign up for Love Dayton at clcdayton.com slash lovedayton. Four hours of your Saturday, I guarantee you will feel more blessed leaving than you did coming because the scripture says it is more blessed to give than to receive. The second thing is to sign up for our Samaria group. Our Samaria group does two things. First, it brings awareness to some of the incredible organizations and churches that we support here at Christian Life Center. You heard from four, but we got plenty more out there. So we wanna bring awareness. And then the second thing, we wanna provide you at least once a month opportunities to serve in our inner city. So you can go to the outreach website and sign up for the newsletter. We won't bombard you with emails. We just wanna bring awareness and opportunities. We got to serve with Sean at Good Shepherd and a lot of the Good Shepherd brothers yesterday. Some cleanups, built a fence, did incredible work, but there's something powerful about coming together. Finally, we wanna encourage you to stop by the tables in the lobby, greet them, say hello, thank them for what they're doing because God has placed them in the city for a reason and for a, such a time as this. We're gonna close with a worship song. It talks about revival and we serve a God of revival who can bring about change in your city, in your neighborhood. So we wanna encourage you stand with us today as we close out our service, as we praise the one who can bring revival, who can bring change, who can bring hope, who can help to hurt or help the healing of the hurting. 
So church, thank you for what you do. Thank you for being a part of the God-sized vision and let us worship the one who can bring about revival. seen what you can do oh god of wonders your power has no end the things you've done before in greater measure you will do again cause there's no prison wall you can't break through no mountain you can move all things are possible there's no broken a body you can raise no soul that you can't save all things are possible the darkest night you can light it up you can light it So 
you to say wherever the city you live in just say it out loud say the city where you live and we're praying for revival in that city revival in every household every neighbor that you come and encounter with we're praying for that over this entire city over this entire nation so god right now i just thank you and praise you that you're using clc to do great and mighty things and god continue to use us to bring revival to wherever we go this week in our lives god we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on. Can we give it up for our partnership churches and pastors that came out this weekend? And do me a big favor as a CLC family. Make sure you check out their booths out in the uh, lobby there. Make sure you check it out. they got some great stuff, um, how you can get involved. With that being said, enjoy this wonderful Sunday, and we'll see you next weekend.